people that you really need to identify yourself with wherever you go. I tell people, even if it's one person, get someone. You need someone as a person. You need at least one person. And those people really can contribute positively in your growth if they're truly the right people for you. And I always tell young people this, you don't want to focus on one income stream. You don't think that is what is going to make you wealthy. I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me. I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I'm your host, Joyce Donker. Today we have an amazing guest. She's our Barrier Breaker of the month of April 2023. She's none other than Fatu Muloshi. She's breaking barriers on every grounds, everywhere, all around. She's just breaking barriers and we see her winning every single time. And I'm so glad and honored to have her on the podcast. Fatu, please introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Joy. I'm so honored being here. My name is Fatu Elika Muloshi and I am a broadcast journalist currently pursuing my MSc in Strategic Public Relations and Communication Management at the University of Stirling here in the United Kingdom, Scotland. And I'm so grateful being here. It's good to have you here. Oh my God, I'm so glad to have you here. I think I've been planning this since last year to get you on and I was like, I look at my list of people, I'm like, oh my God, where do I fit her? And I was like, no, 2023, she has to be on. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, we are here. Yes, I know. (laughs) There's something about me and interviews. I am always interviewing people, but when it's my turn to be interviewed, I always have this potential of running away. I don't know why. But I guess you'll give me a taste of it today and I'm ready for it. (laughs) Right, it'll be a beautiful conversation. Have you always wanted to be a journalist? Looking at you being doing your work on GRTS and so many other platforms that you have been on, has this always been a dream of yours? (laughs) Tell you what, it's a very interesting story because growing up, I was that kid that was asking a lot of questions. I was asking my mom about literally about everything, anything I see in the streets, I want to know. At a point, they stopped taking me out to places, my mom and aunts, because I was asking a lot of questions. 
you know, jokingly refer to me as the journalist. When you grow up, you should be a journalist because you ask a lot of questions. So yes, I think that kind of like inadvertently was stuck in my head. But growing up also, I joined organizations like Young People in the Media, where young people were giving, you know, the opportunity to sit at the radio and moderate events, attend programs and just advocate for the rights of children. So because we were doing most of our work was channeled through the media, I got exposed to the media work at a very early age. I would say at the age of 30. So when I finished my high school and I applied for an internship through an organization called IFAF, Educating for Africa's Future, Martha, the coordinator, suggested that I attend my internship at GRTS because looking at my trajectory, it does indicate very well that I have experience in media work. And because I'm interested in public international relations, she will suggest that I go to GRTS where I can meet with people and interact and build those connections. I had applied to another, a different institution actually instead of GRTS but she suggested that I submit my application for GRTS mm. this was how it all came about so I did the internship after the internship I just volunteered because I wasn't doing anything I was just going to uni and in the process I fell in love with the job you know I felt like this was what I was meant to do because mm-hmm. as I was driving through it all even though it was not as easy I saw myself loving it I was able to navigate my way through, interact with the people and just, you know, build those bonds. And I did not just want to let it go. Mm -hmm. So it was quite easy to just, you know, immerse myself because this was something that I was already doing since I was like 13. This was how it all started. And, you know, my bosses also and supervisors thought it was going to be a great idea to keep me there. So I got my first contract in 2018. Mm-hmm. Before it ended, I got my permanent employment. So that was how it started. And we are here. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. And even as you're speaking, you're talking about how you were introduced to some of these organizations that are open and help educating young people. I want to say shout out to all those organizations that open themselves up for young people to have a platform because at 13, who would have thought that you'd be open to all of those things, doing all that work. And it's so important that even on Barrier Breakers Corner, we try to bring on young people just to give them that platform because you never know where you're going to be in the next 10 years, the next 20 years. But that foundation that they give them, shout out to all those organizations that are really putting the work for young people, especially. I think that was amazing of them, you know, for you Mm -hmm. to have been exposed to that. Yeah, every young person should be able to have mentors. I say this, we all need some sort of push and some sort of help because that is what this organization did for us. They were able to help us nurture our talents. They were able to build our self-esteem and our confidence, our public speaking skills. These were life skills that we couldn't learn in our school setting. We all know how our curriculum is. So we cannot learn these things there. So that's why, as I am right now, I always encourage my younger siblings to join associations, to join organizations and, you know, create those networks for them. Because I know how important that was for me. And I know amongst my peers, you know, the difference it makes. So it's only important that organizations like these are supported. And that's why I'm so happy that past members of YPM have found it important to come back again and, you know, build an organization to become that strong organization it was. And so, yeah, it does help and it does work out. It does literally help. That's really great. And so how did your family feel when you eventually got into (laughs) journalism, you know? (laughs) It's very interesting because while I was growing up, my dad was always keen on me getting that exposure in the media. 
he was someone who going by his line of work he was always out there you know in the public he was always interacting with officials and he was always featured in the news so his newspapers and just records of him doing this kind of thing with him and while he listened to west coast radio you know peter gomez's show with these kids this was kind of like very interesting for him and he wanted me to do something like this because i was his first child here in the gambia his first in the gambia and he wanted me to also thrive on the same path he would always tell me that i want you to speak like these kids on radio i think you can do it i should go to the radio and make sure they put you on. I don't know how it all just happened one day that members of YPM visited our school now's and they were looking for members. So my best friend told me that, oh, there's this organization that came through. I think we should join. And this was how we joined. So when my dad heard my voice, my first radio show, I remember he gave me $10. See, I was in grade seven <laughs> because he was so happy for me. He was so excited. And I think most of what he was, he wanted me to become as well. When it started falling in place, he was so excited. When the whole thing with Jartes happened, he was already sick, I think. Yes, he was already sick and had left. But my family, my mom, my aunts, my sister, everyone is just so happy and excited. Now they see me on TV and they're not as excited before. But back then when they see me, they will call me wherever I am. Come, you're on TV. Everyone was so excited. I like long excited part on TV. Exactly. Like Kaelin, Kaelin, Kaelin in Holko, you know, that kind of thing. Especially when I started reading the news, it became even more interesting. I had my grandmother call me all the way from Bansan, tell me, I see what you're doing on TV, but I want you to read the news. So when it finally happened, everyone was just, you know, amazed. <laughs> it's so great that family is involved in their kids' lives and just being supportive because some people don't get this all the time. And so it's just very important that like your family is there for you, supporting you, encouraging you, because that's all you need, especially when your family is for you. You just be like on the skies, like you just be riding on the skies and doing so much more. It's very hard when you don't have that support. But kiddos to your family for just standing up and just, you know, seeing that vision in you from a very young age. They saw that, you know, and had that in mind for you. Is it something that your dad was doing already? Was he in media too? Oh, for my dad, I think he really tried a lot of different things. He is more of a developmental expert. But, you know, growing up, just like most of us as well, they were able to do some of all these things, you know, broadcasting, working with organizations until he got to that international level. So he did it briefly and I saw it in his CV. And, you know, the thing about family is, and I say this all the time to people, prospective parents, that you have to make sure that you are inculcating the things that you want your child to become at a very early stage, if I'm to say. If you want your child to become successful, if you want your child to grow up to become this very confident, beautiful person, it starts from you making them believe that they are that. My parents made me feel that I was very intelligent, even though growing up I was just average. My mom would tell me that, why are your fellow classmates scoring better than you? You could do it. Why are you getting that? You know, my dad was understanding and he would tell me that improve on these subjects. But my mom was pushing me and making me feel like, you know, my classmates cannot have first, you know, while I have fourth. So I had to get the first. And I grew up believing in myself that, oh, if my mom says that I can get a first, then I can definitely get it. This was how I started thriving in my high school. I dominated throughout my three years. No one, I have never, you know, came second. I was first all throughout. 
this was because from a very early age, I was meant to believe that I was intelligent. I was smart and I was outgoing. So if you tell your kids that, oh, you are slow, you are not smart. This is what grows in their mindset and they begin to indicate those traits. So you don't want them to have these. So we have a very early stage, be a supportive community from a very, you know, from family itself to be a very supportive community for the children. I think for me, my family has been that force that keeps pushing me to make me feel that I can reach greater heights. If I have a plan and I tell my mom, I say, you see, this is very, very difficult. She tells me, well, you can do it and you know it. And we walk through it. So it's important that we are that backbone. I'm so glad that you brought that up where, you know, your mom was affirming you because (laughs) some parents would just be like, you're a foolish child, you're this, you're not doing well. And those things are not good. And also comparing them to like maybe their siblings, you know, it's not good. You are letting that person have low self-esteem. You know, they have other kinds of thoughts coming through their minds. And when they go to school, you know, they'll always be looking down on themselves and they can never do well. And until they break out of that mindset that, you know, I'm also better than this. Some people cannot, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's good that we encourage our kids. It's good that we have that belief, put that belief in them that you can too, you can do better, you can do great. And look at how you did thriving through, thriving through. (laughs) We're still here. (laughs) And that's good. That's good to know. Actually, what are some of the challenges that you have faced through this journey? Now, that's a very difficult question (laughs) because, you know, I think some few years ago, if I, when people ask me, what are some of the challenges? I tell them, I don't know, honestly. I mean, I don't know, because for me, I think all these things are just part of life. And I don't consider it a challenge if other people are living through the same things and they're able to come out of it better. And there are certain things that, you know, growing in our culture, in the Gambia, there are certain things that are common for all of us. Young people trying to make it, trying to find where you belong, you know, trying to know the people to sit with, trying to build those friendships and connections. There are common challenges that we all face. For me, I think I've been able to know very much clearly what I want for myself. And I try every year to set my goals right. I always tell people when I'm talking to them, I don't go into the year blindly. I clearly line out what I want. They're not going to limit me, but I make sure I achieve those by the end of the year. So I know that in doing that, there are certain things that I need to let go of and there are certain things that I need to adopt. And this is how I try to plan myself. I do not let people distract me, whether this is at the workplace, whether this is at the school. I make sure that people or the circumstances are not really changing the course of my future. There are certain things that you cannot pretty much prevent from happening, but it is really up to you to kind of determine how those things will impact on your goals and your plans as a person. So I do not like rather circumstances taking the better of me. Whatever situation I find myself, I try to come out of it better learning through it all but also knowing that it is up to me to determine how this situation would change the course of events for me so it's not easy it's not easy i remember there were times that even getting transportation to go to my to go to jartis or you know during my internship was really a big problem for me you know because when my dad got sick and went back to gambia we were raised by my mom alone and she had other kids you know that she needed to take care of i finished school by then but my siblings were already going to school and those were like priorities at that point so for me as someone who just finished I had to make sure that I was doing my own thing and getting something solid so those days were not easy 
were not easy. But you know, Alhamdulillah, we are here and we're grateful for people that continue to support us. I remember there were times that I was going to work and Chare, I call her my office mother. She would give me what, you know, she would take her money and give me to buy chakri or give me money to buy something during lunchtime. I mean, it's not easy, but you know, these are things that really motivated us to walk even in a more robust space. And I'm grateful for all those moments and the positive community I was able to build, especially at my workplace. There are people that you really need to identify yourself with. Wherever you go, I tell people, even if it's one person, get someone. You need someone as a person. You need at least one person. And those people really can contribute positively in your growth if they're truly the right people for you. So for me, it's not always easy to identify those people. But once you are able to do that, you are sure to make it. Because you alone cannot. And you are, you are not without people. I keep The talent is there. But when the people around you and are giving you the support to grow, they are not watering your flower, how can that grow? So for me, I am very thankful for the people that were able to make these situations very easy for me. And I'm able to come out of those even better. Wow. Talking about challenges, I think one of the things that, a lot of people and I would say the young people face is find it difficult is asking for help, you know, and like you said, we need people, but when you are at a place where you are challenged and you know that you need this one help to take you to the next level, do ask for it. It's hard. I'm even saying, I'm talking about it right now, but I find it difficult to ask for help. People come to me for help and I'm willingly ready and available. If I'm able to, at that moment, I will do all I can to make sure that you get to the Yes. To be. Yes. But for me to ask for help, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so grateful to have people around you that you are able to reach out to. I mean, sometimes you don't even have to ask for help, but somebody can see that he, she needs help. You know, this person needs help. Let me support like buying chakri. That's like your million dollar right there. Like somebody's seen that, you know, I need to give this person something, you know, and you have it. Even going back to when your dad gave you $10, that could have been like your million dollars at that moment. Like $10 is a lot of money for me, <laughs> you know, but just identifying and it was a lot for me. <laughs> Right, right. So I'm just saying that even on both ways, like one side, you need to be able to identify people that need help. And if you can help them, help them. And also, if you need help, be able to ask for help because we need people around us. And I know, and if you are someone that like really is full of integrity, you know, you would want to, when you even ask for help and they give you, make sure that you achieve that goal because you don't want to let that person down. You don't want to let that person's support go to waste. That's the thing. And I think our culture has taught us that asking for help sometimes will not really take the positive turn because there are circumstances or situations where we ask for help and they turn out, they backfired. And I think for me growing up, I've learned to do things on my own. Like you, I can't do, I go over the length of people. But even as I'm doing my studies right now, it is even difficult for me to open my mouth and ask for help because I know how sometimes asking for help, you know, what it can lead to. I've lived that as well. So for me, I think it has become even more difficult for me growing up to be able to do that. We're just lucky yeah. if you're around people who are very much sensitive and are human and, you know, right. really appreciate what it takes to give and to support. 
And that is what I mean by having this positive community, this community around you that really can contribute to growing your flower. Because if they are not really involved in that same goal, if their ideas or their purposes from yours are different, then it's not a problem. People can really help. But how much of that yeah. help is genuine? And when we think about that and, you know, reaching this point right now, yeah. it even becomes even more difficult. But we shouldn't yeah. shy away from asking help, especially from the right people, because you cannot yeah. do it alone. Yeah. You need people to support yeah. you. So where you are needed to do that, just do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the things that have made people not be able to ask for help is just the fear of rejection or even the person helping you and later in life say, Kimako Dimbale, I helped her get to where oh, they are. Seen it. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> so that fear is there, but ask for help anyway. If you were, like I said, if you're full of integrity, you would appreciate those people that have helped you, but just know that I don't know what word to, what word to use, but try not to say that you're not indebted to them they helped you along the way appreciate them along the way as you go make sure you acknowledge them but you keep mm-hmm. moving on and don't let them stop you because some people definitely will be like i did this for this person that's why they are here no 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 god puts you in that place mm-hmm. for that person to be for you to be able to help that person you don't have to i don't know yeah some people can just i mean that totally makes sense i know that that even acknowledging sometimes is difficult for people i don't mind i keep telling people all this mentor relationship sometimes it can be very complicated but i appreciate i love it when i'm able to give gratitude you know to those people who are able to contribute to my growth today i can help whether people give, return that gratitude or not it doesn't really matter to me but for me i think it's important that we're able to do that and also we don't have to you know capitalize on that opportunity as the helpers to, to make it look like oh if not me then who, yeah who yeah would you have been yeah but at least people that are being helped you know it's important that you are able to return the gratitude as well even without giving anything but sometimes just thank you and just acknowledging that you were not able to do it alone but you're grateful for support i think it actually goes a long way yeah for real mm-hmm. thank you so much that's so true that's so true right there so i see that you have oh my god when i say patu is breaking barriers in every way <laughs> tv producer she's studying right now msc in strategic pr and comms she has shoes by mulo I'm like, how did that even come about? From journalism to shoes. That's my baby. <laughs> and also the founder of Poetry Slam and <laughs> now a brand ambassador for Brander 220. Like, <laughs> listen, how are you able to get all these things? What like, what made you come into those things? Like having Mulo and um, Poetry Slam. I mean, shoes by Mulo and then Poetry Slam. Started first with the slam. When I was coming to JRTS, I needed to come up with a show because as interns, we were tasked to come up with shows that we wanted to do on air. So for me, I wanted to do something that resonated with me, something that I know I love and I will not get tired of producing. And that was poetry. I was doing poetry, you know, young people in the media and my poetry was very much loved. Those were days I was writing really well and doing performing well. Now I don't really... But I said to myself, why not then do the slam? Because I know at Poetry Slam, we wanted to do something of, you know, that nature, but it was always difficult. So when I came to Jartes, I was able to pitch that. 
And the DG then, Momodo Sabali, loved the idea. This was how we started teaching that program. And until now, right now, I am not there, but we are actually talking about the possibilities of doing the next season. I would say I'm very proud of the slam and the, what it has been able to produce, you know, caliber of poets that it has been able to produce now in the country. People are really taking poetry very seriously. People are paying poets to perform at their events. I think this was the idea where people can feel proud to be poets and they can know that their creativity can also yield some sort of financial dividend for them. And this is what we're seeing now. And, and those poets have grown to become very good role models for young writers who are always eager looking forward to the slam. And for us, we're always happy that we're able to maintain that momentum. It's not always easy. Because, you know, in the Gambia, getting sponsorship especially can be very, very a humongous task, I would say, very tedious. But for us, we always come together as a team to pull out something. So that is still there. For the shoes, I just sat, I reached this point in my career where I thought like, okay, as a young person, I am working. Yes, I have siblings, I can help them, but I don't have a child, I don't have a husband. And I am getting, you know, this amount of money from geeks that I'm having my work. I don't just want to keep in the bank. I mean, I've been doing a lot of research about finances, you know, how to invest, how to grow your money. And I thought like, I need to put my money into something very important that can yield you know, some sort of profit for me. So I started looking into business ideas, but I did not want to do something that was already kind of infiltrated in the market, like it was so mm. much in the market. I wanted to do unique. Along the mm. line, I love shoes, but I realized that the kind of shoes I wanted, I could not really see in the Gambian market, except mm. that you order it or, you know. So I thought to myself, you know, I have a friend in Senegal, Siga, who is also doing shoes. Maybe I should meet her and ask her. She's in Senegal. I don't think it'd be bad if I do something like that in the Gambia. That's how I went all the way to Senegal, had a meeting with, with her, went into the market, met some makers, did my research, and I thought, well, this can be a very viable business. People love the idea. And that's how I started working with Branda, designing the logo, the flyers, all branding communication and eventually they also like the idea and I'm now their brand ambassador and you know I think these things just come up as we're growing we just want to grow we want to diversify our source of income and I always tell young people this you don't want to focus on one income stream you don't think that is what is going to make you wealthy you don't think that is what is going to make you rich you cannot just working in the UN and think that alone will make you rich, except you are some executive director or something. But you need to diversify. And the best way to do that is through entrepreneurship. Yeah, I love shoes. I love shoes. Like, I, you know, the other day, I'll just tell the story. The other day I was somewhere and I was talking about how much I love shoes. I don't, bags are not my thing. And I'm not like a brand person when it comes to like, oh, you know, Coco Chanel or use this brand or that brand. I'm not. But when it comes to shoes, I love shoes and I don't care what brand it is. As long as I see the shoe and it's good. And I was telling this lady how she was like, what's the most expensive shoe you bought? And I was thinking, I was like, well, the most expensive shoe I bought is, I think, 50 pounds. And she was like, no, you don't like shoes. <laughs> I was like, 50 pounds is a lot of money for me, please. <laughs> At that time that I bought it, I was like, that was expensive for me. She was like, no, 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 you don't like shoes. I'm buying shoes about this price and that price. I was like, what? Please, when I get to that level, maybe, <laughs> maybe I would buy those amount of shoes. But for now, 
I must stay in my $50 or my $45 or less than that. I mean, I wear shoes that are really like reasonable and they have lasted me for long and I love them. So there is no way, there is no way. I'm definitely going to be coming to get some Mulo <laughs> shoes, but I know I love shoes. I love shoes so bad. So you I'm should. So <laughs> that was the whole idea. I wanted to come up with something that was up to standard, that was unique but at the same time, affordable for our people. I saw these shoes. I wanted to wear them. And, you know, when I wear my shoes, before even having the brand, people will always ask me, Mulo, where do you buy your shoes? I like your taste of shoes, you know. So I thought, you know, this is something that I can actually build on. I know the kind of shoes I like, so maybe I bring that into life. And this was how it all started. So our shoes are made in such a way that you can wear them anywhere. You can wear our shoes and not even feel like you need to wear those big brands. But we are also trying to reach that level where Mulo will become a household name. And, you know, right now with studies and everything, I am so preoccupied. But I think after all of that, this would be a very big focus for me because I want to really grow the brand. And, and this is the idea so that people can tell us what they want us to make and we can make them. And people can see the things we make and they can really feel the need to wear them. This is the idea. Yeah, that would be great. I remember last year when we were trying to do our Women's Day project where we like interviewed two women and I wanted them to wear everything Gambia made. So I was actually reaching out to Molo Shoes to get the shoes, if you remember. But that was a time, I think you lost one of your family members or something. It was a difficult time for you at that time. I, was so. not, I saw it very late, but I really appreciated that. I really appreciate when Gambians come out and say, oh yeah, you know, we have this, we have a wedding and we want to wear Molo Shoes. We have a and it makes me feel proud and I want to go extra length to make sure they get what they want and it's not been easy but we're getting there <laughs> yeah yeah it's great that we support each other wherever we are it's great that we give that support because it's very much needed if we don't support us each other who else is gonna you know we are waiting for outsiders to support us listen <laughs> real it cannot it cannot support is necessary and i think i'm thankful in the beginning we had a lot of people come out since we launched i think when we launched we sold about 100 pairs in just a matter of weeks people were really coming and buying the shoes in multiple pairs i was so impressed and i felt like oh my god that means they really want good things we just have to make sure they are up to standard and people will come out support <laughs> Yeah, that's really great. So what are some of the lessons you're learning in this season? Yeah, I'm going to take a deep breath with that because I feel this has, this is my moment. This is what I needed for almost six years. I've been walking. I've been working tirelessly, school, work, you know, other contracts on the side. I told my friend the other time, this is my silent moment. This is the moment where I feel like I need to go and just calm down, take it slow, re-energize, and come back better. So for me, it's learning every day. People, learning more about people, you know, the people I work with, the people I interact with, and the goals that I want to set up for myself based on the trends that are happening globally. You know, I've been lucky to come here now, and that has given me a wider horizon in terms of the different people that exist in the world, the different cultures, the work that they're doing across the world, and just how we can replicate these things in the country. 
but also taking the moment to just reflect on those connections and just trying to really, you know, carve out the good things so that it can help in the process of making these things great. I think that is what I've been doing in this moment, taking things very slowly and just realizing that the most important thing is to be wherever life takes me. The most important thing is to be because as I am being, I am still attracting the good that I am supposed to, even while I'm away from home, because that is because I chose to be. I didn't just want to sit and be, you know, like a door in a room. Mm -hmm. I didn't just want to be there like a Mabel. I want to exist. And that existence is what I've been able to project in my classroom, in, in my accommodation, in the community that I am residing now. I am. And I think it just kind of like brings that notion or that energy of just being yourself and believing in yourself and knowing what you are capable of doing and not allowing yourself to be shut down by any situation that you find yourself in. And you can still continue to do what you do, even while you are away, by just being yourself. And this is what I've been able to, to do this yeah I love this moment that I have to myself and I'm very much grateful for it <laughs> that's really great because sometimes it's very hard to live in the moment you know you're always going 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 and never taking a pause to reflect never taking a pause to see what you've learned what you've accomplished and where you need to improve on so living in that moment and just you know being grateful for the time that you have and just taking it all in it's so important because even as I entered this year, I always pray, like you say, you said you never want to go into this year blindly. And so even as I set goals for myself, I remember that I set goals for myself last year for myself and Barrier Breakers Corner. And I realized that I achieved like at least 90% of everything on Barrier Breakers Corner. But on my end, it was not. Yeah. But on my personal self, it was like, I didn't even reach 50%. And I was like, that's not good. That's not good at all. So yeah, I mean, for me, writing it down, especially is important for me. Because what that tells me is, yo, you have a contract written for you. And it gives me the sense of, yes, it gives me this sense of direction. You know, the moment I write it, I have it in my head already. And I know this is the plan. If I do not have that, I am walking blindly. I am saving this money blindly. Or what? Spending it. <laughs> right. And spending can never bring you returns. Yeah. Except that you are spending to get in return. Right. And so what we are going to do, especially as Africans, is we see ourselves in this visual cycle of poverty, spending and spending into people, people and forgetting yourself. So it's important for me to lay this out very clearly. And I tell my mentees that you need to write the goal, even if it's one every year. Walk and walk towards that goal. At least you know that as I am evolving, I am accomplishing, you know, this is important. Yeah. So even as I came into this year, I had my goals again, written down, <laughs> personal and <laughs> for Barrier Breakers Corner. But I also pray and then ask God, like, what is the word for me for this year? And one of the things that he said was live and learn. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what is this all about? And I know that for me, I'm always like, always going. What's the next thing? What am I supposed to do? You know? And it was like, you just have to be able to take it all in, you know, take your time and just keep going, but take it all in. And, you know, sometimes we always have this thing of after you've accomplished one thing, you're looking forward to the next and not taking that present in. <laughs> 
I think this 21st century young people, especially, is like a facade. I mean, we see the things on social media. We want to do these things. We want to have, even with people and their relationships, people are spoiling their spouses and we want to have rich spouses. You know, people are accomplishing things and they're flouting it on social media. We want to become these things. There's this empty, jealousy, copycat issue, and we're losing ourselves. So for me, what I told myself is that this year, part of the plan last year rather was to secure an international scholarship for my master's. And I made sure I got that. I needed this because I wanted to go into that space of solitude, yeah. you know, into that space of coming down and reflecting what I want for myself for the next five years, because I've been active for five good years after my high school graduation. I cannot exhaust this decade without taking another transition to re-energize. So I needed to slow down because it was going so fast. It was going so fast. And so sometimes it's stressful for me as a person, for my connections with people. So I don't want to become a victim of the situation. I do not want to be a victim of the trend. Yeah, exactly. Technology and this development. I yeah. want to be able to go at my own pace. And I think... When you realize this for yourself, this I see as growth, even for me, it's not easy. And a person cannot really make you understand this, except that you want to make it understandable. Yourself. Oh man, like that's me right now, just being thrown into a learning season, but also not being stressed about the situation because, you know, you're thinking, oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And I have to, like, when God said to me, like, live, for me, it's like, okay, take the time, even though you are learning here. But don't keep looking at what is going to happen next or how this situation is going to be resolved. But just keep taking your time and just knowing that as you go, you're learning, you're growing and everything is going to come together. Yes. So I'm, it's really a struggle, but I'm learning to live, learning to just take it all in one day at a time. You know, it was my birthday two days ago. And so all the messages that came oh, that Adelaide, day. Happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All the messages that came that day, I really took everyone's words in. I was like really appreciated. And I would just meditate on that word. I was like, thank you so much. I received like I've never like I was, you know, you have better messages, it's going, it's going. But this year I was like, I'm just taking it all in. I'm just like, I'm intentionally. not intentionally. Yeah, just being intentional about it. Yes. What advice can you give to someone who feels like life is hard? I can break barriers you know this thing is too tough for me what advice can you give just dream it this is the word that just came into my mind dream it because for me what has been happening in my life is when I think of it I dream I assume this thing for myself comes to pass I was telling my a person all the time that sometimes I'm afraid of my own thoughts and my own goals Girl. because the moment something comes in my head I'm Uloshi. I have to make that pass, you know. So if you want something, you want this house that you've seen on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. If this is what you truly want, be sure that this is what you wholeheartedly want for yourself. Dream about yourself living it. Mm -hmm. Because the moment your thought goes into that, it means you are able to achieve it. Yeah. You cannot think about anything that is not in your realm of possibility. Yeah. The things that most of the things that I am living today, I didn't just dream. In fact, I saw them in my night dreams. You know, I sleep, I go to bed, I see myself in the U.S. I see myself in these places and I come, I tell my mom, oh my God, I went to the U.S. I even bought a SIM card. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's important that <laughs> I'm serious. You know, for me, it's important that 
I am very much intentional mm. about the things I want to achieve for myself. And I am thinking it. Yeah. I am envisioning myself in that place because what will happen is I have to accomplish that. Yeah. Yeah. So young people should not be stingy in their goals. Yeah. We should not be stingy in our visions. Mm-hmm. I was discussing with one of my partners the other day that I want to do this, but it is because at this moment I can achieve this twice of it. Yeah. At this moment, mm-hmm. I want to be able to dream of something that I have to work towards for the next five years because this project is that big. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do it right now. Because right now I can achieve this. Yeah. I want to be able to push myself to walk towards this because I do not have it right now, except in the next five years. And I want in the next five years, I'm able to have something, a purpose that I'm working towards. Because right now, what do I have to walk for? Yeah. I need something that keeps me, that pushes me to go beyond yeah. and just makes me go out of my comfort zone because that thing I can afford right now is my comfort and I don't want to Mm. live in my comfort. Mm. I want to be able to go out of it every single time. Mm -hmm. So young people should not be stingy with their thoughts, with their visions and their goals, with their dreams. Dream it because the moment you think about it, you can become it and let no one tell you that it cannot be in my workplaces, sometimes we come up with ideas and, you know, sometimes we're told this is too much of a dream to be achieved. And I tell my bosses, I am thinking about this because I know we can do it. Can we be about it? Let's start somewhere. Let's put up a plan. Let's put up a budget. Let's start somewhere. Yeah. So you have to be that light in your life. Yeah. Other people can come. You are that light yeah. in your life. Yeah. Do not let anything distract you from yeah. that purpose. And while you are at it, do not lose yourself. Yeah. Do not lose yourself because as a person, your integrity is what you have. And you have to make sure at every point in time, if you want to become this role model for other for other children, for other young people, that you are able to safeguard your integrity and you're going into places, into spaces where you belong, where you know you belong and you take that. This is what I keep telling young people and just be yourself and know that it happens to all of us, for all of us at the best timing. You don't have to be envious of the next person. You don't have to think because this person has it at this age, I must have it. Is this what you truly want? Honest with yourself. Is this what you want? I don't look at people. I don't even watch TV. I'm a TV personality. I don't watch it. I don't want to compare myself with other TV personalities. I want to maintain my identity. If there's something that I want to be sure about, I go, I search it. If it's coming to be aired at this time, I watch it because that is what I want to do at that moment. You cannot dictate my identity for me or my purpose for me. I don't give anyone that power to do that. I can look at people, gain inspiration from them. I cannot let them decide what I have to do in my life. And this is what young people need to do to take back control. I am so encouraged. I am so, so encouraged because I'm working on this project for Women's Day. I mean, Women's Day has passed. I was like, you know what? It's going to be for Women's History Month since we are in the month of March is the uh, Women's History Month. But I've had this idea since last year and I was like, I'm going to do it. So I started working on it since actually December. We are trying to put out a, a video together based on the theme for Women's Day, which is Embrace Equity. I've never done anything video before, like apart from me recording myself and talk, but like having like a an acting or something coming together, I've never done that. So it's really stretching me. But because I had the vision, 
I'm like, I'm going to go for it. I am going to do it. And even though Women's Day has passed, I'm like, okay, we are going to try and make sure it comes out in this month. And even if it doesn't come in this March, even if it's early April, I'll still push it out there because it was work that I put in. It stretched me so much. Like I'm just taking my time. I'm learning. I'm growing because everything I'm doing, I'm doing mostly back home and I get people together to work. So it's like, how am I able to manage this while I'm here? You know, you're virtually managing people, getting things done. It's really stretching me. But because there's a vision, you have a goal, you know that it's going to bless people. It's going to impact people's lives. You just have to do it. So you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone, no matter where you are. Always, always. Yeah. I'm going to try and wrap this up because we have a game to watch. <laughs> we have a game. <laughs> we have a game. <laughs> what do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger? That it's okay to flop. Yeah. It's okay to flop along the line because what would have become of you mm. if you did not, if those mistakes did not even take place in the first place? Those mistakes did happen. Those situations did happen because they were meant to teach you a lesson. Yeah. At that age, I could beat myself. I could cry, but I've grown and I am thankful. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am thankful because life has taught me that nobody is perfect. Yeah. Everyone has a story going for them. Yeah. What is your story then? The yeah. reason why you are successful is because there was an obstacle that you were able to overcome. Yeah. If you were born to a rich father, you are rich. What is your success? You are successful. Exactly. You are successful because there were things that you were able to overcome and achieve. Mm. This is how I have seen it. So we all have things that have molded us growing up. And looking back today, I tell myself that it was okay that these situations that even happened. Yeah. And if I had known what I had known now, mm. I would have told myself that it was okay. I did not even have to cry. Yeah. That it was okay because today people are leaving things that are worse than that. And those things, people have lived the rejections and they could not really take it. People have ended their lives because they felt they were unworthy. Today, I am all those things that I thought I couldn't be. You know, my voice being criticized in the class, the boys calling it B-face. You know, there were times that I was told not beautiful enough for certain things. And today I look back at those things and even other instances that I could not even say. The accumulation of all those things made me what I am. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not suit other people's standards. And for me, I think the most important thing that I keep telling myself, it's okay to flop. And if I was going to go back to those years, I would have told myself that take it slow. It will all be over because why am I now? It is over. So young people, yes, we have to be careful, but we have to also understand that mistakes are okay and come out of it better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I ask this question, it's always difficult sometimes person to answer, but I'm glad I, and normally I'll give an example, but I'm glad I didn't because that's the same word I say for myself. Like, I wish I'd known that mistakes were part of life. If I'd known that maybe I'd be in a better place by now, but mistakes are all parts of life. Yeah. What is one word? currently now that is encouraging you or one word that you know or a quote that inspires you that you hold dear to yourself I think for me at this point it is that you can become anything you know growing up and just where we come from we find it very difficult to see people achieve certain heights so we grow up in this bubble of just it's okay where we are we are so content Mm. we cannot go beyond that oh going beyond that that is almost impossible things are happening 
Yeah. You know, things are happening, things that I, I can't even talk about. And mm-hmm. I'm telling myself, what the hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I can then be anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can be anything, anything. Yeah. that I want to be. Yeah. Everything that I thought of I can be when I was a kid, I can become. So for me, the word has been, I can be anything. Yeah. You just open your mind to this and know that you attract anything that you believe that you can be and we've discussed this already yeah you attract but you have to be also intentional about energy that you are giving out yeah because this is the same energy that you drag towards yourself as well and so if you're giving out excellence be sure that excellence will find you or excellent opportunities will find you yeah so for me i think it is that you can be anything you want to be yeah you can be anything you want to be. And you can see that Patu is doing that every way. Shoes by Mulo, Poetry Slam, you know, being a brand ambassador, a journalist. There's so much more I know from this conversation that is coming out that she's going to do big things. And you can be anything. Just dream it. Just yeah. dream it. On that note, we just end this podcast. Thank you so much, Patrick, for being on here. This was an amazing conversation. I was having goosebumps from beginning to end. Like my face is all. <laughs> Are we almost one hour already? Wow. Yeah, it's almost, almost one hour. Yeah. <laughs> so fast. Thank you so much, Joy. It was such a pleasure. I am so happy that I gave you this opportunity. I know we've dragged it on and on, but I am thankful that we had this. Thank you so much. We're grateful that you I pray that I know it will be a blessing to people. A lot of people, you know, their lives will be transformed because of this conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the BB Corner Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they can-